The next time you're on Interstate 80, stop in and see the folks at the Iowa 80 Truck Stop at Exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. They're always open and ready to serve you. Enjoy a sit-down meal at the Iowa 80 Kitchen or grab a bite from one of their nine quick-serve restaurants. You'll love their clean restrooms, huge gift store, beautiful convenience store, and, of course, the Super Truck Showroom stocked with plenty of chrome, lights, and more. While you're there, don't forget to visit the Iowa 80 Trucking Museum next door. It's free. The entire team at the Iowa 80 is very excited to celebrate 60 years with you. They look forward to being your home away from home for another 60 years. Sending you a giant thank you from Iowa 80, the world's largest truck stop on I-80, exit 284 in Walcott, Iowa. Iowa 80. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. Hello and welcome. He is Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. Welcome to Thursday. Gary, how are you? Well, I'm, I'm, I'm doing good because I figured out something. What'd you figure out? Uh, I I figured out why I get why I get irritated. Why I get is there, irritated? Is there o- just one reason o- over certain issues. Oh, well, no, this is just the one that I was focusing on yesterday, mm-hmm. and and I thought to myself, oh, okay, I see why I get irritated, mm-hmm. and this was on Time Magazine's Person of the Year. Yeah, all right, mm-hmm. where Taylor Swift won it. Mm-hmm. And then going through social media and seeing the completely ignorant, I mean, 99% of the responses completely ignorant. Congratulations. She deserved it. Did they officially change it to Newsmaker of the Year? Because that, that was the thought. They were going to change it and, and quit calling it Person of the Year. But I don't think they did that yet. Uh, they still call it Person of the Year, but yeah. the fact is, the person of the year, the definition is the person who has affected the world news more than anybody else. Yeah. That is not Taylor Swift. No. People are idiots. They have no idea. I mean, I, I just, the and, and then the fights that were going on, she deserved it because she's got great songs. I'm like, the person of the year by the definition of it is not an award. It's not a Grammy award. Yeah. And I finally realized why I get irritated mm. and it's not. And it's not just because of the the ignorance and the idiocy out there where people are completely clueless, mm-hmm. yet extremely uh, have a very bragging, arrogant mindset, and they have no clue as to what they're talking about. It's that the arguments are always the same. Yeah. And I think finally after... <laughs> After four decades in the media, it's like I'm dealing with the same dumb arguments and the same ignorant arguments over. And I'm just using that as an example. Mm. I'm just using as the one example. Right. There because, are many examples. Right. There's many examples, but that's just the one that got me yesterday. So, okay, that's why that's that's what frustrates me. It's the same old dumb argument that, you know, the arguments that have been that are either based on ignorance, uh, you know, uh, stupidity. 
uh, and maybe a combination of uh, throwing in arrogance and narcissism in there at the same time. Mm-hmm. But, but it's just like, I just, it was unbelievable. Well, I, I thought this person had a, a better album than Taylor Swift. Like, oh my God, we're so far off what Time Magazine's Person of the Year is. That's why, and by the way, it's n- newsworthy. I made sure I checked it before uh, be, before I commented. I go, did they change it? Did it become a Grammy Award? Did mm-hmm. I miss something in the last year? No. It's the person who was affected the news the most. Yeah. Yeah, that's, Newsmaker of the Year. Right, Newsmaker of the Year. That's not Taylor Swift. No. And it also wasn't the Hollywood Strikers, and that they were in consideration for the final... They were in the final running down to the final five or what it, whatever it is. No. <laughs> so that's what that's what upsets me. Yeah. Idiots. <laughs> Morons and nitwits. As we have said, almost every year it should be the president of the United States because nobody affects the news more than the president of the United States. Well, and, tell and- me, tell me. What issue right now on the table that isn't the effects or result of the doings of the current president? Yeah. So if any year where the sitting president deserves it, it's this year. Because of the destabilization in the Middle East, someone might say, well, the leaders of Hamas. But then it's like, yeah, but... Who enabled the leaders of Hamas right. by ensuring that Iran has as much money as possible to support them? Right back to Biden. Biden. Inflation. Be- because Biden. Newsmaker of the Year, I, you know, how many times, and, and I think this will be my, okay, my 35th time since I've been in talk radio 35 years. Well, you know, this would be, I'm into my 35th year. So this is the 35th time. <laughs> I've had to say this over and over again. Time Magazine's Person of the Year is not an award. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's why you've had people that are bad people that have been, and then people go crazy. Well, they shouldn't get it. it they were completely negative. Yeah, but they, they, the, the, the thing is not an award. It's about who was the biggest newsmaker of the, of the year. Certainly wasn't Taylor Swift worldwide. Well, it's I don't know how time doesn't wake up from it and go look and and the rumor was pretty strong they were going to change it to Newsmaker of the Year. And don't call it Person of the Year because that's not accurate either. Call it Newsmaker of the Year, top headline getter. Anything else, the Person of the Year. Because that's associated with other types of awards that are actual awards. And she, you know, granted, the headlines have been there since she's been, you know, dating Kelsey over the last month and a half. But certainly she is at Newsmaker of the Year. But again, it's not even that. It's not It's not even judging that. It's that people are completely clueless. Mm. And the more ignorant people are of a particular situation, the more boisterous they are in their opinion on social media. And this is how the Democrats still win elections. Yeah. The ignorant masses that don't care and to even 
And they could. You know, they have a device in their hand or close by that would allow them to find the truth in just a few seconds. I mean, it was just like, well, I, I think she does some excellent pop songs. And, and she provided water to, uh, to, to people in her uh, uh, you know, audience when it was so hot. So she deserves it. It's like, what? How am I dealing with this? Yeah. Ah! Yeah, I would unfriend those people right away. <laughs> Bye. I got to go. And so there there you go. I mean there There's why I get so upset because the and that's been an argue, that's been the same thing for 35. It's never changed. Mm-hmm. And and the more information that we get and the more access we have to news, the worse it gets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, it's how Democrats still win elections. And, and I'm not kidding you. 99%. I didn't see anybody who said, doesn't anybody know what person of the year is? It's not an award. It's been the person who affects the news of the world more, the most newsworthy in the world. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not Taylor Swift, not even right. close. No. Not even, in, not even in the ballpark. Now, And it's who affects it negatively or positively. Mm-hmm. However, however, the story is angled. It's headline maker of the year. Yes. It's like, and there's no way uh, you can get away from the not even six degrees of separation with Joe Biden and all the issues on the table. It's one degree of separation. Yeah. And so So there's no way it shouldn't be Joe Biden. It should have been Joe Biden, period, because everything right now, everything on the table is connected to him. Yeah. Everything that we see today. Inflation. Think All about that. The yeah. inflation. The, the border. The, 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 inf- the inflation problem. The border problem. Uh, the the uh, Hamas problem. The Middle East problem. Yeah. Everything. You can, you can connect the dots right back to Joe Biden. Yep. And by the way, uh, he would be called the person of the year not because of the positive things he has done, but the absolute insane negative things that he has promoted. Mm-hmm. Newsmaker of the year. So, and I know it's going to be the same next year. It won't matter. Yeah, unless they change it oh, finally. How come? Well, Carrie Underwood should have got it this year if Taylor Swift got it last year, don't you think? Because I think her songs are better than blah, 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 blah. Shut up! Yeah, I would totally unfriend those people. I got to go, man. Sorry. I don't like you now. (laughs) It's not me. It's you. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, George Costanza. (laughs) Got to go. So that's just my, besides all the other news out there uh, yesterday. And by the way, people, Republicans, calm down. Over the debate. It means nothing. Oh, yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Good God. Oh, I thought, I thought well, great point there. Well, I will say I know who won the debate. In fact, uh, this person swept all four debates. Donald Trump. <laughs> well, the one, uh, one point is the fact that you had finally they went after, except really Ramaswamy. The other, the other three went after Trump. That hadn't happened. You really didn't see that. I guess, you know, when you're on your way out, you just take that Hail Mary of a pass. But 
it's it's not going to do anything. You and I were talking, and we've said this on the air, but in the pre-show meeting, there is no shaking the base of Donald Trump. If Donald Trump came out tomorrow and said, you know what, I've reconsidered, I'm not running. He'd still win. of the people that right now are saying they would vote for him would write him in as a candidate. They would do everything to vote for him. That's not going to change. There's nothing that's going to change that. I would disagree with that. Uh I I wouldn't. Yeah, I don't believe that. 90- In fact, I said it. I guess that's why I wouldn't disagree with. <laughs> and, and those, I, I know, would respectively. You're disagree. not going to. You're not going to shake his base. Yeah. It's not going to happen. There's nothing that's going to change that. Either health reasons or him just saying I'm not going to run. That's the only thing that's going to change between now and convention. He's going to be the nominee. Oh, I I believe so too. Now, now I did see this though. I did see the Trafalgar in Iowa. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> DeSantis is only down by 23. Yeah. Wow. He's and and, re- up. and And remember, <laughs> if, just trying to give anybody who's out there going, I don't want it to be Trump. Remember, I think it was John Kasich in, I forgot what year it was. <laughs> he seemed to run every year. Uh, it was I forgot who it was. No, it wasn't me. Was, was it two thousand eight? But was down at this time was down twenty three points, or mm-hmm. was was uh, was uh, had like three oh, percent, and ended up with uh, twenty five. Mm-hmm. So he moved between now and Iowa twenty three points in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in the uh, yeah, in the in that, DeSantis in that time could span. Take, DeSantis very well could take Iowa, but. You go back to 2016 and Ted Cruz taking Iowa. I really do wonder on the inside of the Trump campaign how worried they are. I pointed out that um, DeSantis has visited all 99 counties in Iowa. That's a Chuck Grassley move. Grassley does that. He makes it a point. What they call it in the article, going full Grassley. <laughs> Because he visits all of the counties in the state. Uh, and DeSantis did that. Trump, at that point, had only visited three counties in Iowa. Three. Yeah, they say the ground game for DeSantis in Iowa is just yeah, dominating over anybody else. And, and I don't, so my question has been, Do does the Trump campaign see that as the prize? I mean, We've always said run like you're 20 points behind, and that means state by state, including the primary. And, you know, we'll see where it lands. Or or do they see it and say, well, we're not going to spend our campaign money on that because we're so far ahead. We don't believe DeSantis will be able to pull from behind. So I don't know. It's one or the other. And, you know, there's the and there's the difference, too, is that. You start getting into the other state polls once you get beyond uh, New Hampshire. Then you're talking about moving into the South and South Carolina. Then you're talking about getting closer to March 5th, which is Florida and and other states, of course, uh, Super Tuesday. But it is the uh, right there for a sitting governor of Florida, DeSantis. Do you want to lose your home state as a sitting governor? And. That decision has to be made. I think he'll say. I think he'll stay in through Iowa. He may stay in through Super Tuesday. I don't know. 
He's got money to stay in. He and Nikki Haley are fine on money. Those two will be staying in for a while. I don't know if Nikki Haley, uh, you know, you and I talked off the air. I think we brought it up on the air at some point, whether she would accept, if offered, a Veep seat on the Trump ticket. I don't know. I have I have no clue. She may see it as the prize saying, okay, I'm not going to get the nomination this time, but certainly in 28, uh, when Trump is done, I could run there. But do you want the baggage that comes with the four years of another four years of Trump uh, politically, or you want to walk away and, and come back clean? I don't know. But they'll both, I, DeSantis and Haley will have a decision to make between now and the convention. Right. You have DeSantis and Haley. I mean, it's it's been well written about you know their their campaigns their campaign strategy yeah. what they have on the ground and everything else i haven't seen any analysis on trump's campaign no no Nothing. not a lot comes Nothing. out of it i've seen no, except the fact that a significant portion of his donations are going for his legal fees yeah yeah and is that his campaign well it could be is that if it's all about the indictments and that's yeah. working for him yeah. right yep mm. 86690 red eye this report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. With advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Cold temperatures and water can lead to only one outcome, and ice has no place in a truck's air system. That's why you must keep your air system moisture-free as the temperatures begin to drop. A simple step toward keeping your air system moisture-free is manually draining the air tanks. You should drain your air tanks more frequently if your vehicle has a high air demand. Moisture that is not removed by the dryer must be manually drained from the tanks. Pay attention to how much water and contaminants drain out. Too much water indicates the air dryer isn't working properly, and too much oil may indicate that the air compressor is worn. Make sure your air system is in top condition before plunging temperatures. Put it to the test. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. You know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.
It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Coming up on the bottom of the hour, we'll have some uh, uh, audio from the debate uh, uh, last night. Interesting, we'll also have the audio of Joe Biden being asked that question. Yeah, yeah. Why are uh, you hanging around and communicating with your son's business partners? It's a lie. It's a lie. It's a lie. This is why they don't want him to do a press conference, because that was not a press conference. A reporter screamed out a question. He couldn't help answering what I thought was interesting, where he said, no comment, but. <laughs> so yeah, he, then he, yeah. So he, he, yeah. he had to on it. And it's an outright lie. I mean, it was as gaslighting as you can get. Everybody knows now because the emails uh, exist and we know that the evidence exists. He was communicating. It's almost as if in his mind he's going back to a year ago what he was using as a defense. No, it's a good point, which he really does a lot. He kind of goes back to the past for answers uh, and repeats answers uh, based on issues of the past. But here's the you know what you pointed out at first. This is why they don't want him in front of the press. This is why you don't want him within shouting distance. Send him out the back door. Don't let him anywhere near the press because that's what will happen. And the more this thing heats up with Hunter and the GOP, the more he's just going to be dying to talk about it. He wants to, I guarantee you, he wants to step in front of a podium and go after the GOP and just sit there and talk to the media. Ah, this is all lies and blah, 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 blah. His ego is driving him to talk about it. He wants to talk about it, but you shouldn't let him talk to the press at all. Giving you 70% each night. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he's Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. All right, some audio from last night's debate. I look at my watch now. We're 17 minutes into this debate. And except for your little speech in the beginning, we've had these three acting as if the race is between the four of us. The fifth guy, who doesn't have the guts to show up and stand here, he's the one who, as you just put it, is way ahead in the polls. And yet, I've got these three guys who are all seemingly to compete um, with, you know, Voldemort. He shall not be named. They don't want to talk about it. You seem to be saying Donald Trump is no longer mentally fit to be president. Is that what you think? Look, he, he is showing, father time is undefeated. The idea that we're going to put someone up there that's almost 80 and there's going to be no effects from that, we all know that that's not true. Uh, and so we have an opportunity to do a next generation of leaders and really be able to move, move this country forward. We also need a president that can serve two terms. Uh, I don't think Donald Trump, I think he's going to have, a, I don't think he'd be, be able to get elected. The Democrats want him to be the nominee. We see that. They are going to turn the screws the minute if he got the nomination. But do you think he's mentally see it. fit? Is he just answering the question? The question was very direct. Is he fit to be president or isn't he? 
The rest of the speech is interesting, but completely non-responsive. So, so like, you have, have your, you have no, your thing, is he you fit have your thing. No, I don't have my thing. We don't. He's the thing. Is we he do fit or isn't he? Do You're talking about him being 80 years old. It doesn't mean that somebody is he fit? elected. That's Ron? the She's been very weak on China. Now, here's the problem. The rhetoric is different, but the one on her donors, these Wall Street liberal donors, they make money in China. They are not going to let her be tough on China, and she will cave to the donors. She will not stand up for you. 15 seconds, Ambassador. First of all, he's mad because those Wall Street donors used to support him, and now they support me. I mean, Nick, if you can't tell the difference between where Israel is and the U.S. is on a map, I can have my three-year-old son show you the difference. He has insulted Nikki Haley's basic intelligence, not her positions, her basic intelligence. She doesn't know regions. She wouldn't be able to find something on a map that his three-year-old could find. Look, if you want to disagree on issues, that's fine. And Nikki and I disagree on some issues. What we don't disagree on is this is a smart, accomplished woman. You should stop insulting her. At the first debate, she said that only a woman can get this job done. That's what she said. After the third debate, when I criticized Ronna McDaniel after five failed years of leadership of this party and criticized Nikki for her corrupt foreign dealings as a military contractor, she said that I have a woman problem. Nikki, I don't have a woman problem. You have a corruption problem. And I think that that's what people need to know. Nikki is corrupt. Uh, I want to get to the WWE portion uh, of the debate uh, last <laughs> oh, night. Yeah. Ramaswamy and Christie uh, going at it over Ukraine. Here we go. And foreign policy in general. You know, his reasonable peace deal in Ukraine, he made it clear. Give them all the land they've already stolen. Promise Putin you'll never put Ukraine in Russia. And then trust Putin not to have a relationship with China. Let me tell you something. That's no that's reasonable. That's not my deal. That's that, not my deal yes, Chris. it's exactly what I'll, you I'll said. You do this at every debate. I'll just, I'll you exactly say, what no, no, don't I'll interrupt me. I didn't deal interrupt deal you. Okay? You tell say this. You, you, you do this, to die. You do this at every debate. You go out on the stump and you say something. All of us see it on video. We confront you on the debate stage. You say you didn't say it, and then you back away. And I want to I'll say, say exactly what, no, what I, I said, Chris. I'm not Evan, done yet. Well, this now is now look. This is not a spirit. This is not a spirit nonsense. This is the fourth debate. Now I want to ask a question. Okay. Was that Republican crowd cheering for Christie? I was confused about that too. I don't know what they were cheering. Neither do I. I'm not. I, I don't. I, I don't know. What I they didn't. Were cheering. I didn't hear anything that Ramaswamy said. That's actually which I'm like, am I in a bizarre world? Is this a Republican primary <laughs> audience that is probably much more pro-Trump, which means completely and totally anti-Christie cheering Chris Christie? Yeah, I didn't know. I, 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 mean, I, didn't, I, I still don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Uh, let's continue here. here. The fourth debate that you would be voted in the first 20 minutes as the most obnoxious blowhard in America. So <laughs> shut up for a while. I'm going to respond to that. Chris, your version of no, I want to say I want to say something else. We're now 25 minutes into this debate, and he has insulted Nikki Haley's basic intelligence, not her positions. Her basic intelligence. She doesn't know regions. She wouldn't be able to find something on a map that his three-year-old could find. Look, 
If you want to disagree on issues, that's fine. And Nikki and I disagree on some issues. But I'll tell you this, I've known her for 12 years, which is longer than he's even started to vote in a Republican primary. <laughs> and while we disagree about some issues and we disagree about who should be President of the United States, what we don't disagree on is this is a smart, accomplished woman and you should stop insulting so her. So I'm going to take this several times over. So first of all, I think we just learned something from Chris Christie. We learned three things. We learned three things right there. First of all, Chris Christie also doesn't know what provinces in eastern Ukraine he actually wants us to fight for. Chris, your version of foreign policy experience was closing a bridge from New Jersey to New York. Yeah. So do everybody a favor, just walk yourself yeah. off that stage, enjoy a nice meal, yeah. and get the hell out of this yeah, race. Uh, when it comes to Nikki, I think if you're gonna actually send your sons and daughters while, to go while die you in somebody else's voting. war, while you, you better, voting. excuse me, Chris, I'm speaking, and I'm not done yet. I you had your chance, the time when you aren't and we're speaking. gonna be done. So listen up to this, is if these people wanna send your sons and daughters to go die in Ukraine, they've been arguing for it for a year. $200 billion of our taxpayer money sent over, neither of them could even name for you the provinces that they actually want to protect. And this is the people who have been touting their so-called foreign policy experience. It is intellectual fraud. These people are lying to you, the same people who told you about weapons and mass destruction in Iraq to justify that invasion, didn't know the first thing about it, yet they sent thousands of our sons and daughters to go die. The same people who told you the same in Afghanistan, where the Taliban is still in charge 20 years later. Seven trillion of our national debt due to these toxic neocons. You can put lipstick on a Dick Cheney, it is still a fascist neocon. Thank and you, you Mr. Ramaswamy. See that today. Thank you, Mr. Ramaswamy. Dick Cheney all over again in okay. this party. Thank you. Thanks so much. There you go. Well, Chris Christie was getting some applause, so I learned one thing from that audio cut. It was clearly an open bar. For several hours before the debate started. Because he was getting, I mean, applause. Ramaswamy, when he went after him, got some booze, and not the aforementioned type of booze, they were drunk. <laughs> it's the only logical answer. I mean, that was heavy applause for a Chris Christie. <laughs> By the way, that uh, that's there was no pun intended there. I wish I had thought of that clever pun, but no. That was heavy applause for Chris Christie. That was... Uh, not the proper amount of applause. <laughs> this proportionate amount of applause for Chris Christie. Especially on that type of... Because what you just heard, as you rightly put it, that was the WWE going back and forth and just taking jabs at each other. So either... The audience was drunk or they don't care anymore. And they saw this debate as, hey, come and, on, just get out there and take some jabs. Yeah. Come on. That's what we want to see. We want to see the train wreck. Let's go. <laughs> you know, the, the what what uh, is never what is never talked about by, uh, you know, in, in the debates by Republicans mm. uh and and by and even Ramaswamy because I think the 
he's talking the wrong argument. It doesn't matter whether you know this, the, the different sections of Ukraine. The entire goal of the United States has to be to block the, the, um, said the Soviet Union, uh, Russia where you can. Russia mm-hmm. is not our friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the entire, I'm inter- I find it interesting, he was, he was bringing up fascist neocon uh, to describe, you know, what happened in, uh, in Iraq and Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. I, that didn't make any sense when he, when he, uh, when he says that you could disagree, you can disagree with what we have done, but you cannot disagree. Number one, for throwing Iraq and Afghanistan, which are two different animals, you know, in into the the same mix with Ramaswamy, and that's the problem I have with Ramaswamy. He really doesn't make he doesn't make to me any coherent sense on foreign policy. It's mm. simply don't get involved in anything. Sorry. You can't do that in foreign policy. You will have to confront China. You'll have to confront Russia. You're going. You're yeah. going. To, you're going to have to confront Islamic radicalism by saying that you know we were involved in Afghanistan because he's making the point that being involved in Afghanistan was wrong, mm-hmm. and that's where I view the fact that you know I don't know where he comes from his opinion. Certainly, he doesn't know the history, or he's ignoring the history of Islamic jihadism and what their goal is and the fact that we're going to have to continually fight it, which means you're going to have to spend money doing it from the federal government because that's the federal government's major role. Yeah. That's what they're supposed to be involved in is protecting the United States, not everything else that they're involved in. And so, uh, he Ramaswamy to me comes across as a populist isolationist who never fully explains why his opinions of what we sh- should have done in Afghanistan are morally correct or not in the best interest of the United States. And he combines it. And that's the danger when he combines everything into one and then throws out the fascist, yeah, the blanket policy and then throws yeah, out the yeah. fascist neocon. Yeah. You know, you can disagree with with Dick Cheney and Dick Cheney probably is not held in as high esteem because of his daughter now mm-hmm. and the things that he you know, uh, said, because Dick Cheney, when he was in the House, would have never, ever agreed with what his daughter did, you know, joining the January 6th committee. Right. Would have never mm-hmm. agreed with that. And the fact that he did shows how, you know, he it was either family, I think of family over family over policy. But there's no way you can defend, as we have brought up many, many times, what Liz Cheney did by joining uh, the, uh, the 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 Democrats mm-hmm. and her calling herself a conservative, but not allowing in that case in the January 6th committee uh, cross-examination of the witnesses and the evidence is absolutely against every conservative principle you could imagine. Anything else she says is worth crap because of that. Yeah, because you yeah. have to, you have to sit there and say, look, I either believe in the Constitution or I don't. Mm-hmm. When I believe in fairness or I don't in whether it's a political judging system or a criminal judging system. Yeah. And and so but uh, for him to use the term fascist neocon for Afghanistan and even Iraq doesn't make it doesn't even make it doesn't make sense. Yeah, it doesn't even, I mean, it's well, not even it's, it's not even the argument that you're making. Well, and, you know, uh, speaking of going back to uh, old playbooks like we were with Biden. You know, it's something he was pulling out of an old political playbook 
I, I don't yeah. know, trying to appeal to the libertarian. I don't know. I don't know either. And 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 but that term uh, would come back to haunt you in the event that Ramaswamy were to become president, which is not going to happen this time around, at least. And you're going to because, as you mentioned, you're going to have to deal with China. You're going to have to deal with the threat right now of a growing, in fact, in Afghanistan, a growing super terrorist state. That's exactly what's going on. We already know there's already evidence of that happening. And then you add to it Hamas, Iran. And we haven't even brought up North Korea, China and the Muslim extremists, the the jihadists, the terrorists of the world. Probably, that's probably a left-hand, right-hand balance that you're going to have to deal with both in the, in, in the not-too-distant future. Whoever the president is, and North Korea is also there, so whatever they do, you're going to have to deal yeah. with them. You know, maybe I said, if I sat down with Ramaswamy, he would make sense if you went point by point what he thought we should do. But using that term fascist neocon, either he got off his game because Christie was yelling at him or because that didn't even make sense. Right. Using that label made no sense at all. Right. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Friday Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. I like this uh, headline in National Review. What did we learn from the debates? <laughs> we'll, no, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get to uh, uh, some of that. Wow, some of the backtracking from those college presidents. Yeah. Well, what we meant was... Uh, well, well, I was what, what, what we I meant was, to say is... I was, I was confused. Uh, what? I, no, what? Huh? What? Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. 
Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Every time I see, look down at the uh, the date at the bottom uh, right-hand corner of my computer, December 7th. Mm, yeah. yeah it's... A date that still today lives in infamy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I remember when I was in Hawaii, when I worked uh, for our great affiliate, uh, KXL in Portland, Oregon. Man, we I had a fun time there. I really had a fun time working at, in, yeah. por- in Portland, Oregon. Think about that. <laughs> Me in Portland, Oregon. And then the <laughs> my cohort in crime, the great Lars Larson, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who has been a just he he is the one that has over the years driven that station to success he's he's to me he's the key guy uh 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 there takes no prisoners Mm -hmm. great radio talk show host uh haven't talked to him i think he we we email once in a in a a great while Mm. but we i'll never forget that when i when i worked there um uh my show was, I think it was like 9 to 12, something like that. And then you know, Lars might come in five minutes early and we would talk and it's, okay, I'll stay a little bit over. There were times I didn't get out of there till 2 or 3 in the afternoon. Yeah. I was doing five, sometimes six hours of talk radio. We were having so much fun. And it was during the whole the whole Clinton thing. Oh, yeah. You know, With uh, Monica Lewinsky? Or just... The Clinton thing in general. No, no, no. The the Monica, the whole Monica Lewinsky thing, mm. <laughs> and, <laughs> or, or just the whole Bill thing. <laughs> we, we had we just had uh, uh, you know we had so much fun. What was the point? I was what was my original point? I was trying to make there. <laughs> there was uh, a, well, you you at, at one point uh. Took a trip to Hawaii to oh yes visit yes yes Pearl yes Harbor. yes yes yeah. thank you thank you very much appreciate mm-hmm. it uh, uh, and and took listeners whatever but it was a work thing for me because I had to uh, I had to do my show and it was it was like nine o'clock in Hawaii time it was like six a.m. yeah that I had to be up now I will say this we stayed in the hotel right at Duke's Canoe Club mm. and we would have breakfast and do show prep on the roof. And you could see the sun rising over the Pacific. Mm. That was cool. Yeah. That was really cool. Um, but went um, at that point, the USS Missouri, that it wasn't open to the public yet. Mm. You know, where they signed, uh, you know, the uh, the surrender, the Japanese surrender. But we were allowed to go on. Yeah. And I remember that I was I was there, and now I'm not lying, Eric. Uh, my girlfriend at the time, who came with us, friend who was a girl, right? Yeah. <laughs> I believe it. Still a friend today. Uh, we were. I, I I went there, and there's right where they signed the surrender. 
Yeah. It was like a little, yeah. you know, globe and monument at that point. And you, you, we've all seen the picture mm. where you've got MacArthur there and the Japanese officials and everybody. You see all the, the, the Navy personnel lined up all over the place. Yeah. And it was right at the – I get goosebumps talking about it. And I knelt down and probably had tears coming down. I got extremely emotional. I remember she asked me why, and I said, because no one knows where, where you know, fascism would be today if it wasn't for the, if it wasn't for the United States entering that war. It, it's it's you, one you of know. those where you, you have to imagine it because it didn't happen, but you can't possibly imagine it because there is no telling how bad it would have been. If right. we didn't enter that yes. war, right, and it didn't end the way that it did, it it really, 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 really slowed down the spread of of fascism. Now, communism came in mm-hmm. at at that point, but you know, and 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 so when you're standing there, and then you look and you see the USS Arizona monument there, yeah, and you can still see the USS Arizona, you know, parts of it sticking. Or right beneath, right beneath the water. Mm. Um, you understand even back then that isolationism may sound like a great concept, but in the real world, it doesn't work. No, that's a great hypothetical that comes up against the uh, the uh, the real world. And I had a few emails as soon as I woke up. And again, I won't watch the entire debate till probably later on just to, to, to see the highlights. I've probably, through all the different audio cuts, watched about 60% of it. It's just I'm yeah. sleeping during that right. time. It's just impossible for me to do so. Mm-hmm. I don't know the time between sleep and, and, and now. But I was asked, you know, who won? Who won? And, and I started thinking, especially with these debates, it's almost as if uh, and they probably still held today high school, uh, uh, college tournaments where – they have, <clears throat> they get to the final four, the four teams. Mm-hmm. And so you have the championship game and you have the consolation game. And so after you play those games, you've got the number one team. It's almost as if, well, for a day, we're going to talk about the consolation game. Does anybody ever talk about the consolation game in sports? No. No. And so that's what that's what you're dealing with. I know it. You know it. Everybody really knows it. Uh, but it is an exchange of ideas that is put out. And so I will say this. I think, and again, it's all your personal biases of what you are personally uh, uh, looking for. I'm sure that there are never-Trumper uh, Republicans who look at Christie and say, wow, he did great. And and he was, Christie last night, did the job that I think he wanted to do. It's not going to get him elected president. He never had a chance, but that's the role that he was playing. Mm-hmm. And so I think he served his audience. He didn't serve many other people, though, in it. Uh, Nikki Haley did okay. I thought she was, hit, you know, hit pretty hard of, you know, taking uh, money that isn't conservative Republican money 
How far that goes in a primary, I don't know. I don't think yesterday was her strongest moment. Uh, DeSantis, and again, this comes from the personal, my personal political bias of what I, not not bias, but uh, not political bias, my personal bias of, of what I think if there wasn't Trump, what I would want, and did they deliver? And I thought DeSantis last week and now delivered in that his answers, so many of his answers were based on what he has already accomplished to defeat the left. And I, to me, that's extremely important to have a record of actually doing it. And he's really yeah. the only one on that stage that has a record doing it. And now for the second straight time in a week was proficient in explaining it. Yeah. Uh, Ramaswamy, he's young. Uh, I think he has said in his campaign some great things and other things. I would have a ton of questions for him, as I said earlier. You know, when he combined Afghanistan and Iraq and basically said that, you know, we were he communicated the message that we were involved in them because of the fascist neocons, which makes no sense at all. <laughs> you just said you'd explain that to me. How how is fighting the Islamic Jihad, which we know attacked the United States and we know where they came from? Yeah. And this is a war that's not going to end. It seems as if you're promoting isolationism even from that. And so for me, him not having a track record, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt over the years to explain to me if he's going to stay in politics, not just what he is against, but what he is for and what he would do. Yeah. And there's right. a there's yeah. a difference there. It's very easy to say what you're against. Well, then what would you do to solve the problem? Right. You know, we've talked about the tough situation in Ukraine. We have to blunt the... It's funny because the... Uh, <laughs> I've heard this that in, in Ukraine, it's the neocon imperialism, but the imperialism actually is coming from Russia. Not coming from the rest of the world there, but we have to blunt the effort of whatever Putin wants to do because it's against the best interest of the United States and the West. The problem is you have somebody completely incompetent as president of the United States who lies to the American public. And so you can't trust anything that he says or anything that. His administration says about anything due to the fact that we know he lied about what the generals told him he should do in Af in Afghanistan. And he had no problem lying right to the American public. Mm -hmm. He faced them, looked at them and told them a lie. And we only found that out when the generals had to testify before Congress. And so, no, here's the advice we gave, which is to have, you know, uh, keep keep the airport, have a small force. Uh, in there because that makes all the difference uh, in the world for intelligence gathering and security of that country. Right. And there are some places, look, there, we've been all over the world since World War II. And we're not going anywhere. And so you look at it and you say, okay, what places should we be? 
but there's that there's that narrative that we should be in a certain place for only a certain time and then we get out and that's not realistic with the Islamic Islamic radicalism and jihad. This is going to go on decades upon decades upon decades upon decades upon decades. Sometimes you have to fight the enemy your entire life or for decades and or centuries. That's just the reality of the enemy. You can't dictate and define your enemy like Democrats wish to define a woman. Mm. Yeah, there is not in, look, every new president is going to be tested by the enemy. We've seen it. It's played out with every new president. And this idea that, well, we're not going to do anything about it. You know, from Ramaswamy, the, because if you're talking about be being an isolationist, then what you're saying is, well, you're going to wait until they come here, which, by the way, they're already here. You're not going to go outside of your borders to to make sure that they don't get here. Wouldn't that be job number one? That's job number one, in my opinion. And a terrorism super state right, right now is already in play. It's what we created in Afghanistan. The American people, the, the polls were all over the place because they look at a long war in Afghanistan. And they go, no, 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 time to end it, time to end it. Yeah, time to end it, time to end it. And with the botched exit, they go, oh, well, maybe we should have left a couple thousand, two, three thousand still there, which is the plan. Which that was, was the, the plan all along from up the until, generals, right. up until Biden, right? And it also gave us a great uh, advantage in terms of intel, and that's gone. And so, I, you know, I'm wondering on on all fronts right now, what the actual plan is, what the actual game is, if there is any advantage in the intel world at all, where those advantages would be. Clearly, with Hamas attacking Israel, uh, Israel, and you know, news hit what was just a few days ago, they were aware of an, a, a possible attack for roughly a year leading up to that. What the failures were remains to be seen, and that will, in fact, Benjamin Netanyahu said, that's going to come back on me. He said from the beginning. Right now, we're going to fight this war, but eventually I'll have to answer that for that, and we'll see where it goes. I want to know what the U.S. intel is. I want to know what we know about our enemy, or if there's even a desire to know about the enemy. Based on the botched exit of Afghanistan, that's a legitimate question. And and I also think something that should have been discussed, and we talked about this uh, when the whole Afghanistan thing was blowing up, there should be a discussion. We're in a hundred. We have our military in 160 different bases around the country or around the world, and you have to sit there and look at it and go, well, maybe we shouldn't be in this country. Maybe Afghanistan's where we should be, and we shouldn't be over here. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a discussion to have if you keep expanding. But the fact is, there are dangerous places, and Afghanistan is some place where we should have kept the base. Yep, that was a smart. That would have been a smart military strategic position to hold Mm -hmm. with very little because there were very few casualties as we know 
once we had it established right. of American soldiers. Right. And so you look at it and you say, okay, because that's directly related to 9-11. So we know what they'll do. And so when Ramaswamy came out and includes that in the fascist neocon mentality that exists, to me, that just smelled of complete and total ignorance. Yeah. Or panic just to attack Christie back, one or the other. Could, yeah, it could have been either. Right? Yeah. Yeah. 86690 Red Eye. Brought to you by FPPF. Fuel Power Max. Owner-operators with authority generally have two options when it comes to sourcing freight. Brokers on the spot market or directly from the source, the shipper. As any trucker with relatively recent experience with spot freight knows, the highs of working the load boards can be really high. On the other side of that coin, however, when the market flips in favor of shippers, it can be tough to keep your business afloat working with brokers. The smallest carriers with direct customers, however, can hang on through tough times or even prosper as long as demand for their customers' product remains at least somewhat stable. Owner-operators in it for the long haul make direct business with customers a principal goal. Owner-operator business 101 is provided by Overdrive's Partners in Business program. Go to OverdriveOnline.com to the Partners in Business section of the website for more detail on this and many other topics. Brought to you by Shell Rotella. With advanced synthetic technology is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. Uh, he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up following the bottom of uh, the hour, looking at some of these headlines here. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, this comes from Trump's town hall with Sean Hannity the other night. Hmm. Are you ready? Okay. Uh, MSNBC, Trump on possible second term. I'd be a dictator on day one. Is that an accurate? Is that an accurate representation about what Trump actually said? If you include the entire statement. No. Uh, Here it is. Uh, USA Today. Trump says he'll be a dictator only on day one. Vanity Fair. Donald Trump, don't worry. I'll only be a dictator for one day. Uh Uh, The Atlantic. Trump says he'll be a dictator on day one. Mm -hmm. CBS. Trump says he would be a dictator only on day one if he gets a second term. Mm -hmm. The Guardian UK. Trump says he'll be a dictator only on day one if elected Mm -hmm. is that an accurate representation of the context of what was said and how it was said well we'll let you hear it yeah unedited right what he actually said just to show you how the media will spin to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. 
And he's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when you choose, mm-hmm. if you can't listen live overnight. And thank you. Yeah, because right after the show's over, a little bit after the show's over, the podcast is up, and you Woo-hoo. can listen during the day. You can pretend we're on during the day. That's and I right. know we get we when we get to, uh, especially places like uh, Australia, mm. things like that, uh, or you know Japan. People already say, "Well, you, we listen to you during the day," mm-hmm. and that's true. The podcast would be on at night over there. Yeah. So yeah. All right. So here are some of the headlines. Which one, which headline is the most accurate? All right. Trump on possible second term. I'd be a dictator on day one. MSNBC. From eight hours ago. Mm. Is that an an accurate context of what Trump actually said? No. Uh, USA Today, Donald Trump says he'll be a dictator only on day one. Then he'll focus on drilling. Well, that's not accurate. <laughs> uh, Vanity Fair, Donald Trump. Don't worry, I'll only be a dictator for one day. The Atlantic. These are all liberal publications. Trump says he'll be a dictator on day one. CBS News, Trump says he would be a dictator only on day one if elected president. The Guardian, Trump says he will be a dictator only on day one uh, if elected. I guess they probably took that from CBS News. Hmm. Business Insider, Trump says he'll only be a dictator on day one. Uh, TMZ, Donald Trump promises he'll be a dictator on day one. Let me make sure. Uh, Okay. I promise I'll be a dictator, but only on day one. Mm -hmm. And finally, we'll give you this headline. Donald Trump jokes about acting like a dictator. There you go. Where Where do we find that one? What? Who did that headline? Anybody guess? Mm. CNN. Mm. That was accurate. And let us play the actual audio from Trump so you can put it in. we, We all can put it in its proper context. I want to go back to this one issue, though, because the media has been focused on this and attacking you under no circumstances. You are promising America tonight. You would never abuse power as retribution against anybody. Except for day one. Except what? He's going crazy. Except for day one. Meaning? I want to close the border and I want to drill, drill, drill. That's not not retribution. I'm going to be, I'm going to be, you know, he keeps, we love this guy. He says, you're not going to be a dictator, are you? I said, no, 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 other than day one. We're closing the border. And we're drilling, drilling, drilling. After that, I'm not a dictator. So that- <laughs> and he's laughing during the whole time. Yeah. Now, we all know what he meant. He's going to put an executive order to close the border day one because that's the only thing that he can do. He's joking. He's playing back into it. But the headlines read, that's why you got to be careful what you say because they will take you out of context all the time. Yeah, and, I think they're going to do that anyway. You know, well, I think they, they're going to look for Well, things. they can't if he doesn't say it. Well, then he can't ever tell a joke, right? Uh, Obama didn't actually own a socialist mob. Uh, that well, I know of. Uh, it, well, here's here's the point. It doesn't, <laughs> you, you have to deal with the reality that they will take you out of context. And your whole goal, again, is to get independence. 
and you saw it splattered, even though the headlines are all inaccurate and a and a lie, you have a certain number of people. Look, as, as I've said, the the majority of responses, and I went through hundreds and hundreds on on Taylor Swift being Times Person of the Year. Nobody has any idea that it's not an award. Oh, by the way, just very quickly here. Mm-hmm. Even the media doesn't know it. Very quickly, I, I saved it on my phone here. Uh, this is uh, from WPXI in Pittsburgh. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. WPXI-TV in Pittsburgh. We'll never get exhausted. Always rooting for the anti-hero. Congrats to Taylor Swift, Time Magazine's 2023 Person of the Year. The media doesn't even know that it's not an award. Mm-hmm. It's not an award. And that's all I saw on social media. It's about time somebody like her won. And normally it's politicians or people that do bad things. Thank goodness. You're completely clueless. It's Newsmaker of the Year. And, and yeah, and so we're, we're dealing with, again, it's, it's something that is the reality of, of politics. And even though I know, I knew as soon as I saw it, he was kidding. Before, before I even critical saw thinkers know because yeah. critical thinkers do their homework, and right. you can't. There's no fixing stupid, and ignorance is no excuse. And remember, the Democrats are still using the fact, still today, using the lie uh, that Trump said there are good people on both sides, and he was referring to the Nazis that were there in Charlottesville. And everybody knows if you read the context, he specifically excluded them, yet they will still lie. And that's the problem. you got to be careful. You have well, to. But, but even then, I mean, you and I and you and I have talked about it uh, doing interviews with, you know, the big media. Who is it? Um, was it Nightline? That Nightline took me out from, of context. Night, Nightline took me out of context. And, and, yeah. and, and there's the thing. But as a, as a president or somebody who's running for president. You're going to have to talk, and them taking you out of context is going to be a given, regardless of what you say. The liberal media is going to go out of their way to shape their narrative, and they will edit. And we saw that. Was it who was it? Rick Perry. What? But what do you with MSNBC why, based why, on the editing? I understand of what that, but why not? Why help them? Well, again, where would you draw the line? Easy. It's ridiculous. They're just afraid they can't win on the issues, so they always throw out that Donald Trump, you know, that Donald Trump is, uh, uh, you know, a fascist, a dictator. We all know that's not true. Uh, I've I've lived in this I've lived in this country. I have built up. Uh, I, I I have you know I'm I'm a builder as we've said before. I build things. I don't destroy things. I honor the Constitution of the United States. But what I would do is put through executive orders to close the border on day one. We would close the border and we would start drilling and we would be in control of our own destiny. And I'm just doing that ad lib off the top of my head. Well, but yeah, but would you just stop joking? Would you stop making any any jokes at all or? No, I can make jokes. You, know, you just have to watch. Because, you know, you have to you wa- have to watch how you phrase things. Well, that's but, all. But again, it doesn't matter what he says. They're going to carve it out the way they want to carve. Well, it they out. and that if, says more about them. If he didn't, than him. if he didn't say I would, if he didn't say I would be a dictator. They mm-hmm. couldn't have used that. They could have used something else, but they couldn't but have used that. critical thinkers know that he was not, joking. Not talking about critical thinkers. If we were talking about critical thinkers, I would agree with you 100%. I'm talking well, about... Well, is the lie on the liar? The what? Is the lie on the liar? 
No, but you're they're go- lying no, by, no, but you're, by doing the No, the, but your goal well, as it is. I mean the lie is on the liar. The person telling the oh, lie yeah, of, is the one well, responsible. Of, of of course it is, but mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if the ignorant don't know that. Well, the and the ignorant no excuse. And the ignorant vote, but the ignorant vote, that's the reality. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why it's it's the same thing as when we saw that after Biden was in and people were disappointed, we saw, well, see what you got? Because you didn't like the you didn't like the tweets. You didn't like the tweets. You didn't like the tweets. And our first comment was, well, you're you, what you should be saying if you're a Republican is if you know the tweets are harmful. And the rhetoric you're putting out is harmful and you're admitting because Republicans were admitting that people didn't vote for Donald Trump because of the tweets then don't put out the tweets. They're not necessary. Mm -hmm. If what you say harms you, don't do it. Make it as hard as you possibly can for them to take your words out of context. On certain items, I would agree. On this, I think it's it's one more example of the media doing what the media does, which is why the it's an all-time low in terms of trusting the media. Right, but your goal Especially is can- the liberal your, media. Your the Atlantic is, is, a, is a joke. Right, your goal as a candidate, though, you know that's a given. So you do everything possible, and if, and if you can't joke in that way, you can't joke in that mm. way. Because mm. okay. the goal is mm. to win. Mm-hmm. And so I'm talking about what a candidate should do. It's what I would do if I was running. Mm. Anything? Okay, I've learned what they will take out of context. I can't joke about this, so I won't joke about that anymore. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell the American people how I'm going to uh, how I'm going to, uh, 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 you know, benefit them Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. Look, um, it's unfair. It's it's absolutely unfair, everything that's that's uh, that's gone on. But Trump is in a position of power right now with his base and he's in a position of power because of Biden. Take advantage of that. Go after Go after the people. Actually, I would have reversed it. Dictator. The Democrats have the dictator mindset. Mm-hmm. You know, have them write that one. Trump says Democrats have a dictator mindset. Why? Number one, look at how they go after women in the mm-hmm. in the radical transgender uh, uh, movement. Look how they want to force you to buy electric vehicles. Look how they are telling you they are forcing us into economic and energy uh, 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 suicide and national security suicide. These people are the dictators. They wish to force you to do things. I don't want to force you to do things. I want to liberate people and liberate business and liberate this country to get to its maximum potential. And again, just off the top of my head, mm-hmm. that is, I think, how you answer it. You go you go on the attack. You go, If... And then you bring up the point, as we've always done, Democrats always call me what they are. Democrats always make the accusation against Republicans. And what you find out is that that's what they're doing. For example, in Russia collusion, Russia collusion was a hoax. In fact, Hillary was the one that set me up. Mm. Hillary is the one that colluded with the Russians. Have them fact check that. Attack, attack, attack. Mm -hmm. So... Well, I and think, I and I know for us it's a nothing. What he did, it's nothing. We understand. It was funny. Yeah, because it was actually humorous, it, and it was it, funny for that audience. And and that's the thing is that you know the Russian hoax has been out there, and the media has been writing those false headlines, and will continue to do that. At the New York Times, they still tell their listeners 
that the Russians put him into power in 2016. They're still right. carrying the Russian hoax on. But as we know, the media doesn't have as much power as they had before, and people are starting to figure exactly. out exactly. it out. So if, exactly. if he wishes to win, you take that and you use that to your advantage. But the public's getting smart on these people, and they realize that, uh, you know, they realize that, uh, you know, the media comes out that I want to be a dictator, I want to be a dictator. They want to be dictators. They're the ones that want to control your life. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to control your exactly. life. Exactly. And so there's, a, there's, a, I, there's just a way to argue it. Again, for us, it's a nothing burger. I agree with you. For us, I mean, it was, yeah. a, it was a funny moment because yeah. we understood exactly what he meant. He meant, I'm going to put through an executive order. Uh, unfortunately, in this country, you have to convince the ignorant to vote for you. Mm-hmm. In order to win an election, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, uh, it's it, again on uh, on something like that. If he look, if it were, we talked about January sixth, and the first statement that was made was totally off base. Yep, but that's a president talking in the moment of what was a growing concern by everybody on that day. And which is why he had to come back and issue the second statement on something like this. You know, you make a joke, you know, I, I don't know that it has, has that kind of impact. You know, there are things that you have to be deliberate about. There are things you have to be very careful of what you say. Uh, you talk about, uh, how you're going to deal with China, how you're going to deal with, uh, well, I mean, the economy, you know, putting a 10 percent tariff across the board. Those are the things I think oh. that really have a huge impact. And the thing was, what he followed with what he what he was going to do by kidding about being a dictator is exactly what the vast majority, 70 percent plus of Americans want to hear. Yeah, exactly. Right. Don't let that get lost. In the make make it as hard as you can for the media to lie about you. I guess that's my point. That would be a discussion that I would have with my campaign. We need to make it as hard as possible for the media to lie about us mm. because we're attacking Democrats. So they have to cover whether we're accurate about what Democrats are doing. And if they start trying to discuss the issues, that's the last thing the mainstream media wants to do. Well, even in the face of those you know, what they're doing, it's lies nonetheless. Yeah, they're still is. carrying on yep. the Russian hoax, and they've been proven wrong. So I don't know what control you're going to have there. 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Joe Biden answered a question yesterday. Oops. It didn't go too well. Details coming up.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. Here we are. We made it. I almost said to a Friday. Yeah. This is, no. this is our Friday. Though. This is our Friday. Is our we Friday um, week, we yeah. have a three-day weekend uh, coming up. Uh, we will be out tomorrow. Our friend Chris Crock will be here uh, keeping you company. Then we're back Sunday night, Monday morning. So, uh, yeah, this is our Friday. My wife actually brought it up yesterday in passing. Hey, uh, so after tonight, uh, you know, you have the weekend. I was like, what? It's when- oh, that's right. And I just wasn't thinking about it. But, uh, yeah. I have a huge music weekend. Yeah? Ooh, really? Huge, yeah. You going to, going, what, who are you going to see? Trans-Siberian All right. on Friday afternoon. Yeah. When it's going to be 78 degrees with 30-mile-an-hour winds. Nice. And then I go to the bluegrass band that I love from Branson, mm. the family, the Petersons. Wow. Saturday afternoon. They're so good. Yeah. If you haven't ever put Peterson's in, P-E-T-E-R-S-E-N, and Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, yeah. Just, um, and it's not, you know, if you were to ask me what my favorite form of music is, it's heavier rock. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, It always, it all, and, and prog rock. It really that's really what I was has been drawn to. And I do believe it's a direct result of my father being so scared of rock and roll and paranoid of rock and roll that all he had was classical music. <laughs> classical music albums. We had Bach, Beethoven, Tchaikovsky. That's I remember Bach, Beethoven, Tchaikovsky, and uh Strauss's Waltz, uh Waltz's and um and John Philip Sousa marching band. That's all we had when we were kids. That's yeah. all that played on the record player all the time. And then my father was like, what are you into that early? What are, the, what are you listening to, you radical teenager? This early Genesis stuff. Well, Dad, it comes out of what you played for me. Yeah. You listen to all this drug music, this animal music. Dad, it's all based on classical, which is why one of the reasons I love Trans-Siberian is the classical element of them. Yeah, sure. You know, and but with a with a much heavier sound. But the Petersons and I talked about it. It was, um, I was I was doing work around the house one day, and I told you I think they're the best cover band out there, the Lexington Lab Band, mm. that uh, is really now a group of like they have a core of you know six or seven players, but they have eighty five and uh, I think total of eighty five people that have participated from the Lexington area, and all they it's all volunteer. Everything is volunteer. The camera work, whatever. You put them on on YouTube, and it, everything is perfect. I mean, the sound is perfect. The camera angles are perfect. Everything is perfect. They can play a song that I don't like, and they do it so well. I'm like, wow, that's a great tune. Mm. And so I was watching them one day. They were on, and they actually were doing um, 
They did a, uh, and they do everything. They, they do mostly 80s, 90s, 70s, a lot of classic rock, but then they delve into other stuff. Hmm. They do an incredible Zeppelin, they just kill. Just yeah. kill on Zeppelin. Yeah. Even I can listen to their Pink Floyd stuff. Mm. And I'm not a huge Floyd. Not that I mind it, but I don't, you know, it, but I just was never a huge Floyd fan. But I can watch their, you know, I, I can watch their stuff doing it. Well, they were doing some bluegrass. They had the late uh, bluegrass um, uh, banjo player, guitarist, whatever, J.D. Crow. Mm. And he it's the only one where they've actually took an artist and had him in there and they did bluegrass. And so the algorithm put it right to the next song that came up was, I'm like, what in the world am I watching here? Mm-hmm. What is this Waltons? Because they had the long dress, they you know, very traditional, you know, long dresses on. I go, what is this Waltons, Donny Osmond, Ricky Nelson band? What is this? I'm like, oh, they're really good. They were on the rest of the day. And I just sat there with my jaw dropped going, boy, I, lo- I just love discovering something that you wouldn't think. It's like, okay, bluegrass is okay. You know, I was into some of it. And, you know, I was into when, when I was growing up, Poco, and they did some bluegrass stuff and early Poco. Yeah. And all right. of a sudden, and I'm such a huge fan of that. But unbelievable musicians, unbelievable. So I'm seeing them. And then it's a debate between going back to the coffee shop where they're going to have live music on Saturday night. Mm. So that'd be Saturday afternoon and Saturday night. Or going back home because my favorite solo pianist, Michelle McLaughlin, out uh. of, who's just amazing. I discovered her on the Trans-Siberian Orchestra channel. Mm-hmm. She's just ama- she, her finger, Her fingers talk. You see the title of a song. There's no, there's no uh, vocals, just the music. Right, right. And if she has a title to it and she starts playing it, you're like, She's communicating a a verbal message with me with her piano playing. Yeah, that's how good that's how good she is. And from what I heard, she's never had a lesson. She's doing a live stream Saturday night. Hmm. So I'm just going to be enveloped in music this weekend. It's going to be fun. All right, you know, so. good. Now saying that, I want to make it clear that when I talk about the fact that it drove me crazy yesterday, uh, all the people saying, including, is it W? PXI in, in uh, Pittsburgh, whatever the TV station I mentioned before, mm. that talked about congratulations to Taylor Swift for being named as if it's an award. It's not an award. People are clueless. And going yeah. on social media yesterday, people are clueless. Look, I said, I don't get it. I don't get her superstardom. I'm not going to judge her music because that's the dumbest. That's the dumbest time you could ever spend is debating people that your music is better than theirs. You're never going to convince people. People, whatever their brain likes, their brain likes, and you can't stop it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My, so I've got nothing against Taylor Swift at all. I could care less. You know, it's like I mm-hmm. I don't get why she is this incredible superstar based on the music that's, you know, poppy and nothing extravagant. It's just not what I'm really into a lot. Uh, but doesn't mean I judge it as being bad. People like what they like. But it's just the the ignorance that uh, came out yesterday of people having no idea what Time Magazine's Person of the Year is about, mm-hmm. which is supposed to be newsmaker, not pop culture icon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For 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 uh, for uh, uh, how long has she been dating Kelsey? Two months, <laughs> I think. She yeah. Been when the... was the opening game? <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I, you know, honestly, it's if it, it's like somebody saying, well, my favorite food is the best. Yeah. Uh, okay. Well, you like pizza? That's what, that's what you like. Uh, or you can't cook a steak well done. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you can. I've seen it happen. <laughs> Now we'll talk about whether or not you should. <laughs> I like pizza. No, hot dogs are better. No, it's mm. pizza. No, it's hot dog. Mm. I mean, music, it's useless to, to you have can't, that. Yeah, you can't put ketchup on eggs. Yeah, you can. Now let's talk about whether or not you should. The, the last time I had an, an argument was, uh, not an argument really, just a mm. humorous debate, mm. was with uh, my friend Kelly, who always told me she loves Aerosmith. She loves Aerosmith. She loves mm. Aerosmith. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, eh. Sounds okay. And then I forgot which which song I heard. It was earlier Aerosmith, where they were really rocking. Oh, yeah. And I said, well, I do like this song. This is a really good song. She goes, well, I don't like those songs. I don't like any of the hard stuff that they do. What I found out is she only likes the one song from the uh, the uh, Aerosmith Daughter movie. Right. Armageddon. Armageddon. Right. It's like, well, then you really don't like Aerosmith. Right. You just like... You like that ballad. You like that ballad. Yeah. The ballad stuff is what you like. It's like. (laughs) Well, and, you know, uh, I, for me, uh, the first album I ever bought, because my brother wouldn't let me listen to his, uh, was Draw the Line. My second album was Elton John, um, uh, Captain Fantastic and the Brown Dirt Cowboy. And Draw the Line, Toys in the Attic. Oh, my gosh, man. They're, They're early stuff. It's, it's. For me, it, it's you know, because it takes me back to that age. You know, it takes me back to that era. Mm-hmm. And it also, and it sounds very different than, you know, when they came out with uh, Walk This Way, the Run DMC version, which, you know, huge radio hit, and I know why they did it. But from that point on, the production values were were different in that, and I'm not saying they were bad, they were just different. And they sounded more organic, like a band playing in a room leading up to that point mm-hmm. for me. And that's what I loved about it. It it felt like being in a room. And I had, in fact, a friend who could sing like Steven Tyler. I mean, spot on from Del Rio. And it was crazy. And, but that, you know, it felt like it had that organic garage band kind of feel, like they were all jamming in a room. And then, you know, their production values, again, different. People can decide whether they like them better or not. Uh, once they did the the uh, collaboration with Run DMC, you know, from that point on, you know, things changed. And they were Massive hit makers. But I know, mean, they dwarf what they did in the 70s. But you know something? As as I get older, I mean, I've, I notice that I'm drawn to so many of the YouTube videos where everything is live. And the sound is incredibly yeah, good. Right, right. And the camera angles are good, which is why the Lexington right. Lab Band, which got me right into the the, uh, the Peterson's Bluegrass Band, yeah, which, is, yeah. which is just uh, all of it's live. Right, right. They're not right. overdubbing anything. What you right. hear is what you hear. And so... You cannot hide. You can't hide bad mu- mu- musicianship at that point right. when you realize yeah. 
what excellent musicians they are. And that, uh, you know, it was Paul O'Neill that, that said a couple of things that one thing that he wanted to do was he wanted to produce music, uh, you know, for Trans-Siberian. Yeah. He wanted music that was emotional. He figured Christmas music and religious kind of stuff for Christmas music is extremely emotional. Plus, he wanted an assault on your senses. Right. And so you you get it with the lasers and everything else. And to me, the opposite end of that would be the bluegrass band, the Petersons I mentioned, which is still an assault on your senses because every, in almost every single song, every person is highlighted. And right. it's like boom, 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 boom. Mm-hmm. But they do their videos in nature settings or in lodges. or st- It's like the complete opposite, but it's still that assault on your senses, which I think is the coolest thing and just such excellent musicianship. Yeah, uh, you and I were talking off the air. We didn't mention it on the air, but uh, the the passing of uh, Miles Goodwin, the lead singer of April Wine, a Canadian yeah. band that did very well here in the states. Uh, you know, especially early on in their career. And you didn't have that exposure to them that I did. I was, you know, I was younger. You, you're ten years older than me, and and so that kind of plays into it. But I saw them live in '81, and in San Antonio, and. Their live show was so good. good. Man, they just crushed it. And, you know, it's and he had one of those. He had a, you know, uh, a resonance about his voice that that I really liked uh, and was drawn to. Um, After their first two, three albums, they didn't do, you know, great. But when I saw the, the song, actually heard the song roller in the adam sand adam sandler movie <laughs> yeah grown-ups uh-huh. uh who was in the big tire being rolled was that david spade who was it i, I forget know. which one of them it was i've never seen the movie but it it the song roller from april wine was perfect starts and i'm just it it just took me to my feet i was like yes it was a perfect and it's adam sandler doing what adam sandler does getting those old rock song songs Kind of, you know, because he knows it'll, you know, bring up a memory for the viewer and the fans of his movies. And and that was part of it, too. Um, But, yeah, the live show really separates the artist. And we talked about this before as I get older. Because I was so much into what my brain loved musically speaking. Mm. And the more complicated it got, the better my brain liked it. Yeah. And all of a sudden, as I'm getting older, the simple pop songs that I grew up with. Yeah, make bring more ba- sense. Bring back nostalgia. Yeah, 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 they may not be the greatest produced albums, and technically, you're not talking about. <laughs> then again, probably half of them were done by the Wrecking Crew to begin with, so they were they were excellent songs. Well, yeah, that that blew my mind when I found out that the Wrecking Crew would do a song in the '60s. They would do a song, and then they would form a band, right, to go out and play it live. No, but it was that's... the Wrecking Crew that was actually doing it, right, and, and it was like. Wow. And, and it, it may sound contrived and you could probably have an argument. Well, wait a minute. You know, but it's it's really not You're It's exactly what you should be doing. Bringing that group of, you know, the best musicians together to create that that magic, that music. I mean, one of the best guitarists ever was Tommy Tedesco. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Ever and nobody has any idea who he is. I, I'm with and, you on the on the you know growing older thing. I, I heard in Home Depot of all places a Steely Dan song, and I thought, why does that sound different? <laughs> why does that sound different? It brings you what I love about it, and I didn't experience this ten years ago. Yeah, 
and all of a sudden I'm like, a song will come on, and it brings me back to an exact moment. Oh yeah, fifty yeah, years sure. ago. Yeah, and and, it, and it's a pleasurable. It's not like a sad thing. It's a pleasurable thing. Going, oh yeah, that was a cool time. It's, I should have appreciated it more, especially starting when I, as a musician as early as I did, ten years old. Rick Beato, by the way, on on YouTube. If you don't follow him, you should. B e a t o Rick Beato. He's one of those guys that will, and he will. Okay, why is what makes this song good? And he'll break it down, and he's and he does really great interviews too. But he has has kind of renewed that. Watching his videos and breakdowns of it, it's like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. And he'll dissect a song, and it just really he knows his stuff. I mean, he just absolutely knows it. But he talks in very plain language, and it's really fascinating to watch. And if you if you thought you had an appreciation for the music that you grew up on, go back and watch his channel. It will enhance that tenfold at least. Best money I ever spent was the what is it, twelve, thirteen bucks a month, not to have commercials on YouTube. Oh man, that and it's, and watching Rick for you know, talk yeah. to an artist for yes. whatever it is, yes. an hour, hour yep. and a half. Yep. Oh. It's that's yep. beautiful. And, and I love the YouTube videos where people listen to music for the first time that's completely foreign to them. Yeah. And they have their headphones on going, what is this? Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I the love reaction. That. Yeah. For hearing a song yep. for the first time. Yeah. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up on the bottom of the hour, well, the good news, mm-hmm. uh, Joe Biden answered a question. <laughs> the bad news, it didn't go well for him. Yeah, the bad news is also that Joe Biden answered a question. <laughs> <laughs> I, should have, I should have framed it that way. That would have been the correct way to frame it. It's- You're right. I it's, blew it. I blew it. Yeah, well, we I can't had, all be perfect. I had one opportunity and I blew it. <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> it, that reminds me of the movie Copland. Freddie, you had your chance and you blew it. Uh the you know the the conundrum that they have at the White House <laughs> frankly is Joe Biden. He's their conundrum. But this is part of why they for a while, we're sending him out the back door. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I forget the excuse they came up with. Oh, they were doing something at the front door. They were doing a repair on the front door or something. But it was, you know, keep him away from the media. If I'm chief of staff, every day I start with that. Keep POTUS away from the media, out of shouting distance. They have to be panicking after yesterday. It's it. There's no doubt in my mind that they are.
the fourth branch of government. Eric Harley and Gary McNamara on Red Eye Radio. And he is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Uh, Biden took a question yesterday. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, here it is uh, to uh, the New York Post, uh, Steve Nelson, uh, on um, him communicating with his son's business partners. Uh, there's polling by the Associated Press that shows that almost 70 percent of Americans, including 40 percent of Democrats, believe that you acted either illegally or unethically in regards to your family's business interests. Can you explain to the Americans uh, to Americans that this impeachment inquiry, why you interacted with so many of your son and brother's foreign business associates? I'm not going to comment that I did not, and it was just a bunch of lies. You didn't interact with many uh, of their lies. business associates? I did not. There's what? lies. <laughs> and then he walks away. He cannot. How does he campaign? I don't know. He can't answer any questions. You're, you're, it's all. It's going to have to be all ads because what do you do? Or 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 getting up and you know reading a prompter occasionally. But how does he also? I mean, how does he have the stamina to visit all the key states? Think about that. It's required. You got to go to all of them, and the key states where the battlegrounds are. You have to go multiple times. And right now, it's not looking good for him in a number of states. And when you see the look on his face, it's like he's completely lost. Yeah. He right. does it, and he started answering. Then you can see he started to get angry. Right. You know, very. That's his and, defiance. And, and, yeah. and, I'm, and I'm thinking if uh, somebody else asked the question. Now, the problem is, and the RNC put this out right away, right mm-hmm. after it, mm-hmm. said, wait a minute. It's not just us. You know, the, we, the, CNN, because this wasn't yesterday from CNN. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, CNN, a ways back, yeah. said it. Here we go. CNN said it. Despite his denials, a CNN review of the laptop data, as well as other public material, shows that Joe Biden did interact with some of his son's associates while serving as vice president. Now, that's a ways back. Mm. But they had that out there yesterday, and it's mm-hmm. like... You're not going to win this one, you're, but you're not. It's almost as if he's gone back to the original the original argument, the original argument yeah. that nobody was using anymore. Yeah. He's trying to the goalpost has moved. So the goalpost has moved so many times it's come full circle <laughs> because where where they are right now, where they are right now is, oh, Joe just was giving out loans. It's and it's like, yeah, but you're ignoring the other part where the money's coming from. Right. And then. The, the 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 when you actually break it down, what the fallback argument is now, and, and this is just beautiful when you actually break it down. And some Republican needs to do this when confronting a Democrat on it, because what the fallback position is now is that Joe was just lending money. Yeah, yeah, but we know that Hunter and and Jim Biden were getting money from foreign sources. On a consistent basis, that was going all through the family. What business were they in? And so the fallback position is: you're only left with the fact that the entire Biden family is corrupt, and all of them are using old Joe and telling foreign governments that hey, he's going to do something for you. It's mm. the illusion of influence. Uh-huh. 
And so they got millions from all these foreign sources. Joe never did anything because Joe didn't know about it. So his whole family was involved in making Joe Biden appear to be corrupt. Yeah. That's what you've that's that's what you've you're left with. Right. And yep. you think about it, how corrupt is the entire family? They set up all these bank accounts and LLCs, and Joe knew nothing about any of it right. whatsoever. Right. He knew nothing. And they all took advantage of poor old Joe. Joe only loved everybody, and everybody in the family, everybody in the Biden family has screwed over. Poor old Joe is now the fallback position for the media on this. How dare they? They Hunter and James and... I will admit, they haven't said it, Mm -hmm. but that's what they're communicating. No, that's basically it. That's what they're communicating. That's the message is that he knew nothing about it. These were loans, and he knew nothing about where the money was coming from. Right. Because you asked, then, okay, if Hunter and Jim Biden were getting all this money and distributing it to all the family members, and all the family members knew what was going on, well, what business were they in? Well, that's where you get to the illusion of influence that the media and the Democrats have even talked about what well, was an illusion. Oh, so they're all lying. So Jim and Hunter Biden were lying to all of these foreign entities mm-hmm. that are enemies of the United States, telling them that Joe was going to do something for them. And they never delivered. And the entire family, the bank accounts connected them and they got cash. Yeah. Which means they knew what was going on. So all of the Biden family is corrupt and screwing over old Joe. Yeah. Who just didn't have any idea what was going on because he just loved his family and they all hated him because they used him to enrich themselves. Now, if they ever get to the point of actually saying it that way, then I think the media should ask the question. Will you disavow your son and your brother and the rest of your family (laughs) for what they have done to you? (laughs) It's so stupid right now how bad it is with Joe Biden. Whatever's going on with his cognitive situation, uh, the whole Hunter thing, which is so obvious and and the facts are building by the second. It's just insane how obvious it is. And more and more, I I really do believe that you have a growing number. Well, the polls are showing it. You have a growing number of people, including rank-and-file Democrats, not all of them. But you have a growing number of people that are saying, yeah, this isn't the answer. And I think they're still hoping against hope, even after the horrible performance by Newsom, that even if it's not Newsom, somebody, please run against Trump. Because when you start seeing the polls, if you're a rank-and-file Democrat, you start seeing the polls and you still hate Trump and you don't want to, there's no way you're never going to vote for Trump. You're hoping against hope right now that something will change. Well, it's got to change in the next couple of weeks. Uh, during the press conference, New York Post uh, reporter Stephen Nelson asked Biden if he would explain to the American people ahead of the potential impeachment inquiry why he interacted with so many 
of his son and brother's foreign business uh, associates. You notice how he used the Associated Press, too, when talking about the polling and everything else, mm. that the polling shows 70% of Americans, including 40% of the Democrats, believe you've done something wrong. Um, as vice president, we know now, with information coming out, more information coming out from the whistleblowers the other day, used email aliases and private email addresses to communicate with son Hunter Biden and Hunter's business associates hundreds of times. New records released by the House Ways and Means Committee revealed, and he's still denying that he communicated with them. Mm-hmm. Nelson cited a recent polling from the Associated Press found nearly 70% of Americans, including 40% of Democrats, believe Biden acted unethically or illegally when it came to his family's business interest. Now, the thing is, if I was accused of this, and this is an albatross, and I'm running for president, this is an albatross around his neck, and it's untrue, I would do everything to bring the evidence to show that it wasn't true. Exactly. I would bring the evidence out to show you this was a loan. These were legitimate loans. And then you would ask the next question. You would be willing to answer the question, what business is my family in? Mm-hmm. If he can't answer what business my family was in, that's the problem. Yep. And remember, Democrats already tried to use that as an excuse saying, well, the Trump family's been in business for years. Why can't the Biden family? Well, fine. Okay. Great point. Uh, we know what business Trump's are in. What business are the Bidens? Mm-hmm. That's the problem. That's the stink of this whole thing. And this is why the media is doing everything they possibly can. And that's why the public is only going in one direction. Then when the public comes out and goes, it was only a loan. It was only, he just cares about the American public knows not about the loan. It's where the money came from to pay back the loan. Yeah. And what business the Bidens were in and all these bank accounts that were set up. Why was the Biden family enriched to tens of millions of dollars? What was the business that they were in that they got foreign entities tied to governments that were that are anti-American? What were what was the business that they were in? And the Biden should be able to answer this like this and it goes away. Yep. yep. They can't do it. No, they can't. Because the more they talk about it, the more the evidence goes against them. There's no evidence. They clearly don't have it. Because if you try and convince me that Joe Biden, of all people, wouldn't run out and and squash the GOP, at the very least, take a heck of a lot of steam away from the GOP in a heartbeat if he could do it. Because the way he would see it is, you know, this is my battle against Trump, which it is by default. Boom. Look at their party. They're weak. Look, this is evidence that it was a loan. This is evidence nothing that of no wrongdoing. He can't do that. And you can't convince me that he's sitting on evidence and isn't using it. You'll never convince me that Joe Biden is sitting on evidence and won't use it in his favor. 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio.
It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Hurley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. This is going to be an interesting debate mm. uh, coming up as the uh, the, the Democrats, uh, this whole thing about funding for Ukraine and, uh, and, and Israel, and see how the Republicans uh, frame this. Uh, yeah. Especially it's yeah. the the uh, Democrats and it's already been framed. We, we talked about this yesterday. It's already been framed that the uh, Democrats do not want to fund Ukraine and Israel unless they have open borders in the United States. Mm-hmm. That's not going to sell well with the American public. No, no, it's not. You know, uh, the uh, president said a couple of days ago, the border has uh, been nothing more than an excuse for the hard right to kill funding for Ukraine. Uh, and I'm sorry, the president just said Schumer said it. And too many other Republican senators are who are not part of the hard right are going along. Schumer said on the floor, mm-hmm. you can't win that argument. No, because the argument no. is no. The Republicans are trying to force the Democrats to stop with the open borders. Yep. Now, how they're going to do that piece of legislation, I don't know. I wondered about that, too. Uh, you know, you hit a stalemate. I don't know where it goes from here. No, I really don't. No, I mean, how how do you frame the legislation so that Biden just doesn't take the money and use it for what he wants? Oh, or, or, okay, not, or, or just right. not apply the money? Okay. You can sit there and say, yeah. because you can sit there as Congress and say, we've allocated... That's one of the first things I thought right. of. 20, yeah. 20 billion to border and it hasn't bo- been used. border security right yeah. now yeah. and they just go, well, okay. Right. Uh, we're looking into it and we need to look at uh, any different thing. We need to we need to go through the rulemaking process and they could extend that out for another 5, 6, 7 years. Mayorkas could, you know, just hit the brakes on it. Yeah, so even if they get it, do they actually get it? mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Well, no, I it was it was one of the first things uh, that, you know, that I think for me and I was thinking of, in fact, I had a question that was very similar. And that was, what about all the money right now that's there for border security that isn't being used or isn't being used as intended? And how do you control any future money until there's a change? There has to be a new administration to to change that, and one that is quite the opposite of this administration. Because you can't force them to use the money. You can't force them to enforce the border when they clearly don't want to. Now, it doesn't mean you shouldn't do it and fight for it. But ultimately, it's very clear. And that's, by the way, I would put that on the GOP if they were able to get funding through. Then you stay on it as long as Biden's in office and show this money isn't being used. We intended this money to be used for this purpose. I, I, I don't know how far that goes, but you fight to no end. But they clearly want an open border over helping any, whether it's Ukraine or Israel, helping any other nation. There's no doubt. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. 
now. It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. This is something we haven't even talked about. We didn't talk about it. I don't think we've talked about sports this week much, except that I can't play golf for a while. Yeah. We didn't even talk about the college playoffs and the controversy there. No. That Florida State didn't get in and they were undefeated. Yeah. And that's not I'm I'm not heading this is not a sports conversation. This is I'm I we haven't discussed this, so I'm just gonna read it to you, all right? All right. This is from uh, this is from Forbes. Yep. All right. So here we go. Former President Donald Trump took to his social media platform Monday morning to suggest that GOP presidential rival and Florida Governor Ron DeSantis is to blame for the undefeated Florida State University football team not making the college football playoff. Though there's no evidence the governor is responsible. Yeah, there's that. In a post on True Social, Trump said the school was treated very badly by the committee, referring to the panel that selects teams for the playoffs, adding, let's blame DeSantimonious for a real bad lobbying effort. DeSantis weighed in on the floor on Florida State not making the final field of four on Sunday after the decision was released, saying on X, formerly known as Twitter, what we learned today is that you can go undefeated and win your conference championship, but the college football playoff committee will ignore the results. The selection committee the selection uh, chairman of the playoffs told ESPN the decision was made in part because Florida State is a different team without their star quarterback who broke his leg last month, though the Seminoles won their last two games without Travis. All right? Yeah. Now, we're not, we're not ending there because DeSantis pledges $1 million for any... F, uh, Florida State University football lawsuit. Florida will put aside $1 million and let the chips fall where they may on that after the Seminoles aren't one of the four college football playoff teams. All right? So taxpayer money okay. uh-huh. to sue. Mm-hmm. We're, not, we're not done there mm. yet. Ron DeSantis had harsh words for Donald Trump ahead of the fourth GOP primary debate, calling the former president a keyboard warrior and urging him to debate one-on-one. Donald Trump wants to blame me, DeSantis said on the Ingram angle on Fox, a day after Trump appeared to fault him for Florida State being left out of the college football four-team playoff. The Florida governor uh, could not have changed the college football playoff selection committee's decision. But Trump and DeSantis have also uh, often criticized each other uh, on the uh, the uh, the campaign trail. The other thing is Rick Scott says he wants the emails and Senator, text messages, yeah, and text messages, yeah. Okay. 
Look, is Look. it is it a horrible injustice? Yes, it is. It is. It is. It, yes, it, is. it couldn't be more blatant. No, it couldn't be. But, given the team's record. But the selection's always subjective to begin with. Because people pick it. I, I This has the potential maybe down the road and maybe sooner than later, not this season, but to change that process if enough people are outraged by it. You, you, look, at, you look at basketball. Basketball has the playoff system. Huh, what do they have now? Not 64 teams. What is it? I think it's 2,430. No, because all the all the no. community colleges get in. <laughs> no, they no they have the play-in game, so technically yeah. you have 68. Yeah. So if you don't get in, right, to sit there and go, but they had us ranked at 70 and we were obviously 67. It's not going to mean anything right. when you have a four-game when you have a basically uh, four teams mm-hmm. in a playoff and an undefeated team in a very powerful conference goes undefeated and you say yeah. where their quarterback is injured they can't you know they can't do it that doesn't hold water right they earn their way into it yep and they were undefeated and if you're right. undefeated in that powerful of a conference and that powerful of a team that everybody knows they are you let them in yeah but you no that you don't let them in they earn their way in but this is outside the purview of any government agency state federal with Rick Scott Stop it. Now, I understand, though, because one of the reasons they say that, uh, because I'm very familiar with it, that the county executive of Erie County in New York, one of the reasons he won another term as county executive, even though on COVID, on a ton of different things, people look at him and say, absolutely unqualified he helped get the money to build a new stadium for the buffalo bills Mm. people need their sports Mm. we must pacify excuse me we must sedate the masses except in florida (laughs) well no that's what they're saying yeah no, because that's what the you mean politicians the process the, the politicians are trying to sedate the masses by saying oh, we'll, bring, saying. we'll yeah. bring justice to yeah. the sports the, team. Rick Scott, and, right? Exactly. Yeah. And, and and you know, will a lawsuit? Lawsuit's not going to do anything. Not going to change. Not, that's not going to go anywhere. Or, look, there may be because of the backlash. There may be a change in the process after this. By the way, ESPN on Monday quoting a com- a committee an anonymous committee member. That said, we didn't think they were going to win their championship. We didn't. We didn't see that coming because the injury. Yeah. But they did. And you know, look, these discussions will go to change nothing about this season, but the process. And if there's enough backlash, it could change the process going forward. I don't know, or we may never have this situation again. I don't know. Uh but you're not gonna you're not gonna solve it with taxpayer money and Rick Scott isn't he could bring some things to the light, but it's not going to go anywhere. Well I mean it is going to change anyway. They've mm-hmm. read the NCAA already it will be twelve teams 
I believe it's supposed to be for 2025, I think. Okay. Or is it start next year? Hmm. Uh, they originally voted, let me see here, on September 2nd, 2022. Um, they voted for... Uh, for 2024 and 2025, 12 teams would get in, so it wouldn't be a problem, uh, what, a year from now, whatever. Mm. I don't know if they yeah. changed that. I haven't seen where they changed it. I know that was the thing, that they were going to change it. So, you know, what they were trying to do, they're not trying to change it in the future. They're trying to get Florida State in the playoffs. No, that's not going to Oh, happen. I know that. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what and, I'm saying. And it isn't. That's it, my point. It isn't is that the, it's not going to change anything for this season. But it's what politicians know. Think about it. Government should have nothing to do with sports. Yeah, people get so involved in it, they want it. Right. Was there an injustice? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't need you to put on a Superman cape for sports. Yeah. But you have to. You know. Remember Hillary. Mm. Remember, she was a fan of every team in the country. Mm-hmm. Remember they called her a sports carpetbagger? Yeah. Wearing the, uh, what was it, a Yankees cap for a while? Uh, was it was it her or Bill Clinton? Who was it that couldn't tell you? They they couldn't tell you who they wanted to win a particular game. Uh, that was her. Was it was it her? Yeah. And it was like, well, well, I, I forget. I, what, I really like both. They were the, politicians yeah. are so scared to sit there and say, oh yeah, you know, hey, I like this team over this team. Yeah, I'm not going to vote for that person because they really realize that there will be some people. This goes back to the whole Taylor Swift thing. <laughs> mm. <laughs> There are some people that won't vote for you unless you are a fan of their team. It's not the majority, but there are people that won't vote for you. Mm-hmm. And therefore, you cannot say what you're, what team you're a fan of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but so Hillary, for me, it doesn't change a thing. Uh, and for, you know, critical thinkers, it doesn't change a thing. I don't need government to intervene here. No. This is... You know, it's a horrible injustice to the players, the team, the alumni. It is. Oh, I know. It's 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 as blatant as it gets in terms of sports. I got a buddy of mine who's uh, I used to work with down at Fort Walton Beach, and uh, his family's from Great Britain, but he's a huge Florida mm. State fan, mm-hmm. huge, and. Um, I actually had a comment. <laughs> I said, yeah. I think it was like, wow, wow. Because I couldn't believe that they didn't I, they didn't get in. Because that wouldn't happen. And that wouldn't happen. You know, it wouldn't happen in the NFL because you have a playoff system where, you know, a number of teams get in. You, you, don't, you don't whittle it down to four teams. Right. And so, and then what happens is when you get into the, the you know, the final, what is it, 68 now in the NCAA basketball mm-hmm, tournament. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well... It's unfair because one game can decide whether you go forward or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's not the best of seven. Well, you really can't have the best of seven for 68 teams. <laughs> yeah. Or the right. teams that are in the top 10 uh, should have, you know, should should be able to play more games because they earn their rating and they're better teams. There's no way to, there's no way to get this right. But government is not the solution to it. The marketplace is. It's like... Everybody, because of the referees this year, was after the Philadelphia Buffalo game. Yeah, and all my all my friends 
from from Buffalo that are Bills fans. It's rigged. It's rigged. It's rigged. It's rigged. The whole NFL is rigged. And yeah. it's wrong. Right. And even people that weren't Bills fans were saying that. I'm like, well, then fine. Don't watch anymore. If and it's rigged, why are you watching? All of them are watching the next game. Why are you watching it if it's rigged? If it's rigged, why would you spend the time to do it? Because you really don't believe it's rigged. You're just saying mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. That's the emotion that it brings out. Yeah, there were horrible calls that were made, but there's not a conspiracy. But everybody yeah, jumped right. on the conspiracy sure. that it's rigged, it's rigged. I go, well, then don't watch. Well, but, I mean, oh, by the when I did that yeah. in, a, in a group uh, text with a bunch of people, yeah. nobody responded to me, not one. Well, I don't mean, watch. you know, with the Cowboys, uh, you know, that went on for a long time, Des caught it. Des caught it. That was the thing. I think they made t shirts out of it. You know, horrible calls in sports. Well, the executive director for CFP is stepping down. He's done, you know, uh, February technically, but this is his last playoff uh, season, Bill Hancock. So he's going to be retired. He'll be done. There will be changes inevitably, but you're not going to bring about justice this season for Florida. Well, with the 12-team playoff happening, it's, you know, now coming up, it's – you know, it's like it's, and, and it burns. Gonna... I know it has to burn. Oh yeah, for those players, the coach, the other students of the school, the alumni. I mean, that's that that's just something you're. That's always going to be there. It's going to be talked about for a long, long time. It will be talked about for a long, long time. But quite unfortunately, it's not going to change as a result of Rick Scott, Governor DeSantis, Trump, Trump. <laughs> Remember, he lives in Florida now, right? <laughs> He's going to buy the school and take it private. <laughs> no, let's, you know. I, I love it, though. Let's blame let's blame Ron DeSantis because he didn't lobby hard yeah, enough. Right, right yeah. <laughs> Why not, right? Just throw it in. Just throw it in. It's, it's, but, you know, it's, I, this will be one of those, you know, burns that will not, that's not going to heal. No, especially it's, with it's that a, team and anybody in that discussion, by the way. You can there's no one except for the committee that can try and well it's the process is the process and I, I don't know who that you know the source from the committee is that told ESPN we didn't think they were going to win the championship which basically has kind of been the, the excuse because of the injury but I don't it you know it's it's horrible for the school it's horrible for those students you know you you don't think about it but those those college players, the overwhelming majority, aren't going pro. They're going they're they're going on with their life. The seniors on that team, this is the end of their career, football career. They're moving on, and you know, there's no way to fix it. It's horrible, and. They're just going to, it's, I I don't, you know, again, but it's, remember the steroids in baseball. We need to get to the bottom of this. No, we need more steroids. Well, the other thing is. Everybody gets steroids. And Florida State fans were bringing it up, the number of backup quarterbacks that have won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah. You know, remember. I was going to say, you know, the committee didn't know how the, that backup quarterback would perform. In that setting, Tom Brady replaced Drew Bledsoe right, to right. win the Super Bowl. Remember when Tony Romo stepped in? Yeah. Now he didn't take him to a Super Bowl, no. you know, but his stats were good. 
Doug Williams, right for the Redskins, Trent Dilfer mm-hmm. uh, for the mm-hmm. uh, the Ravens, Jeff right. Hostetler right. Right. Uh, for the uh, when Phil Sims got hurt right. winning the Super Bowl. I know about that one because it was painful because yeah. that was against the Bills. Colin Kaepernick, who won what was it eight nine <laughs> Super Bowls? Well, the biggest one. <laughs> think about this. Mm. Uh, what's the only perfect team in NFL history? Hmm. Miami, 72 Miami Dolphins. Oh, yeah. Uh, Greasy didn't play that game. Bob Greasy didn't didn't play. Hmm. He got injured early. Earl wow. Morrill uh, went 11-0 and 0 wow. to win it, but he was the backup quarterback that year. And right. so the fact that they're taking out because it's a backup quarterback, it's like, well, look at all the defenses, especially in these games where yeah, the defenses yeah. that you'd come up in uh, Florida State, you know, great defense. So right, yeah, that was you know, uh, yeah, they got they got ripped off big time. Government isn't going to solve that problem though. No, but no, you see not. how all these Republicans had to jump on. Yeah, of course. Trump had to jump yeah, on. Yeah, uh, DeSantis had to jump on. Rick Scott had to jump on. They're all from Florida. They all had to sit there and go, "We got to do something." Government, government can't do anything. Stop it. Not going to happen. Eight six six ninety red eye. Brought to you by Hotshot Secret. Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller, and I'm here to share a tip on roadside inspections. Roadside inspections all begin with the driver interview, during which the officer will gather basic information from the driver and prepare the driver for the inspection. The officer will also be evaluating the driver, determining if the driver can speak English, is under the influence of anything, has an illness, or is fatigued. The officer will ask the driver for required documents, including vehicle and driver credentials, the driver's log, and shipment paperwork. The officer may also conduct a vehicle inspection. Before beginning the inspection, the officer will take steps to make sure the inspection can be done safely. These include chalking the wheels, wearing personal protective equipment, and explaining what will be required of the driver. The driver needs to pay close attention to these instructions so that the vehicle inspection can be conducted in a manner that is safe for the inspection official. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller and Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Front on radio, he is Eric Hurley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. Coming up following the bottom of the hour, looks like some of these college presidents have for their testimony the other day are backing off on their oh. positions. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and by the way, we had mentioned Trump before. You saw 3.1 million watched the town hall. Yeah, right. I don't know how that compares to a a regular um, night on Fox News. I'm not sure. It's more than they normally get. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know what how big the difference is. Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. 
It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. So uh, here's a headline. Uh, UPenn president attempts to walk back congressional hearing testimony rhetoric. Uh, University of Pennsylvania president Liz McGill walked back her rhetoric on whether calling for the genocide of Jews violated the Ivy League school's code of conduct on bullying or harassment after she ba- faced backlash. There was a moment during yesterday's congressional hearing on anti-Semitism when I was asked if a call for the genocide of Jewish people on our campus could violate our policies. In that moment, I was focused on the university's longstanding policies aligned with the U.S. Constitution, which says that speech alone is not punishable. She said, I was not focused on, but I should have been on the individual fact that a call for genocide of the Jewish people is a call for some of the most terrible violence human beings can perpetuate. It's evil, plain and simple. Elise Stefanik, who was asking the questions, blasted the president's video, calling it a pathetic PR cleanup attempt. This pathetic PR cleanup attempt by Penn shockingly took over 24 hours to try to fix the moral depravity of the answers. Under oath yesterday, Stefanik wrote the post on X, and there was not even an apology. By the way, the questions were asked over and over and over again. No statement will fix what the world saw and heard yesterday. Well, look, we understand. Obviously, all of us understand that a student code of conduct is different than the government punishing you for your free speech rights. Yep. Code of conduct is completely separate. Yep. Uh, For example, uh, I don't even know. Do we have a morals clause in our contracts? Uh. I should hope not. <laughs> what are you a cop? <laughs> no, I just I don't I just don't remember. I don't remember. Well, I I think there's a moral standard in our company handbook and in, in the employee handbook. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's a great so, point. Yeah, because yeah. we have a, we have a handbook. Exactly. Yeah, and and right. people that I know are have have actually read it. So <laughs> I, I'm almost certain of it. Well, I was looking at the contract, which sort of supersedes everything. I just because mm-hmm. yeah. I've had contracts yeah. that have had specific moral clauses in there, mm-hmm. which means if I say something that is outrageous, mm-hmm. that isn't in the purview of what I normally do, right? Because when I got hired, nobody ever told me here are your parameters, but there are certain parameters that everybody knows that we follow. Sure. We're not going to promote something that's a lie. We're not going to defame somebody. We're not right. going to lie about somebody. Right. And so if we do that, you can do that. You can lie about somebody. That's free speech. But our company could fire us if we lied about somebody. Mm-hmm. And right. probably yeah. could void the contract if we were purposely, you know, slandering somebody. Right. Uh, and, and so there's a complete difference and you understand there's a difference between your code of conduct and, and free speech. So I don't buy what she was saying. The fact that it took 20, 24 hours shows that they were trying to come up with some kind of excuse. They were hammered by the alumni and I have no doubt about that. I think their phones lit Oh, what was that, that and, one, that one billionaire. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they, yeah, all, yeah, yeah. they said they should all be fired. Right. And so when you look at that, um, you know, there was going to be that response. There was no way that there wasn't. But 
the president here, Liz McGill, and this very weak response made it sound like it was a moment. Well, no, the back and forth went on. We played it. It was a long well, audio. I'm going to I'm going to play it now so yeah. people can hear it. Yeah. And it, so this yeah. this was not a moment where you can say, I'm, I'm sorry, I just kind of blanked out and was focused on something else. And no, you were asked repeatedly, which gives you, in fact, Stefanik gave her every chance to clarify and to back up at in those moments. Not one moment, but series of exchanges here and... You can have no doubt about that. She had to walk it back because they got hammered by the alumni, and I'm I'm convinced of that. Here's a part of the back and forth two days ago. Does M- at MIT does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment? Yes or no? If targeted at individuals, not making public statements. Yes or no? Calling for the genocide of Jews does not constitute bullying and harassment? I have not heard calling for the genocide for Jews on our campus. But you've heard chants for intifada. I've heard chants, which can be anti-Semitic depending on the context, when calling for the elimination of the Jewish people. So those would not be according to the MIT's code of conduct or rules? That would be um, investigated as harassment if pervasive and severe. Ms. McGill, at Penn, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. So is your testimony that you will not answer yes? If it is, if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment, yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? God. The speech is not harassment? This is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. I'm going to give you one more opportunity for the world to see your answer. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be harassment. The answer is yes. Well, no, the answer is the answer should be yes. Yeah. Is what Stefanik by the right, way, Stefanik yeah. needs to learn how to use a microphone. Mm. <laughs> All of us pros yes. can can teach her how to Yeah, you know, she's not using a microphone the, correctly. Yeah, You're hearing correctly. all the popping and the yeah. and the semblance, <laughs> semblance, semblance for, for testing testing. For for gosh sakes, uh, you know, we're talking about the United States government. And by the way, that's still another thing that I'm, since we had mentioned sports before and everything else. Yeah. Are they ever going to figure out this sound thing? For? I mean, for Whether it's a president, whether it's in the White House, whether it's in uh, whether it's in uh, the press room of, of sports teams, 
We have the technology mm-hmm. where you can hear the question from the reporter. Why doesn't anybody use it? Now, now, this is a conspiracy. This is a conspiracy for me. I believe that the sports teams and the politicians don't want the public to actually hear the question. No, I think you're right on that. Uh, the One of the greatest comedians ever, Brian Regan, has, in fact, he titled one of his specials after that bit called nunchucks and flamethrowers and he goes you can never hear the questions right and the officials are out there you know like something bad happened in a community and <laughs> yeah we don't know where the bad guys are right now uh, we're not sure but we think nunchucks and flamethrowers <laughs> <You know? laughs> And that was the title of one of his stand-up specials based on that bit. And it's, but it is, it is maddening. That's my conspiracy theory. I want to have one of my own. Well, get a boom mic. Get, you know, the university or whoever it is can get a boom mic. And and it's very simple to operate. Not university, professional sports teams. Yeah. Oh, sure. But the NFL with billions of dollars. Yeah. You can't hear the damn question. Yeah. Yeah, we think that that would be a, a no, we're not going to do that. We're going to do over here. I have no idea what the context of that answer is because I can't hear the question. And the same thing with the president, the same thing yeah. with with Corrine Jean-Pierre. Yeah. Now, a lot of times you can hear the question, but a lot of times you can't. Well, that that setting. Remember, it was the the day that uh, that Jim Acosta got kicked out and they were talking about legal versus illegal immigration and and trump had been making the point repeatedly because jim acosta got repeated chances at questions leading up to that moment we're gonna we want people to come here we're gonna need more people to come here legally because all the jobs we're creating but they had a microphone essentially and jim acosta of course wanted to commandeer that microphone and keep it for him it was the jim acosta show if he's in the room uh, but that's that should be the approach. Here's the microphone. Here you go. Uh, pass it along, or a boom mic operator, or have something, two, or have two microphones and have one sure. person saying, there you "Okay, go. you got this question. You got the next question right. here, whatever." Right. Uh, or whoever goes to you know uh, run it over to them. But to to do that is ridiculous. Where I where I see it the most really is in the congressional hallways. Yeah. If a speaker comes out to do something, you can never hear the questions. Now, or when the Republicans or Democrats. As a coalition come out, you can never hear the questions. Now, here's where I would advise the Biden administration. Here's the, the, the sense they're the current administration in this setting. Turn her microphone off. And t- <laughs> turn a microphone on in the media audience. So you can hear them ask the question and then hers would be. Because we've said for a long time she's horrible at her job, but no, I mean that that is that's that's been a conundrum for a long time. I, I hate to do the Seinfeld thing, but mm-hmm. we sent a man to the moon yeah. over fifty years ago, <laughs> and we can't pick up the audio <laughs> from way, twenty feet away yeah. from the person who you wish to address and answer your questions or answer your questions. The person asking it twenty feet away, <laughs> you can't hear them. We have the technology. Fix it. Seinfeld and, and Brian Regan talked about that. They have a similar bit. The whole, you know, 
hey, we sent a man to the moon, moon. and Regan's version was, imagine if we had never gone to the moon. Man, we can't get cell phones to work, but, you know, we shouldn't be surprised because, you know, we never put a man on the moon. <laughs> well, every other country can use that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, 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 well, it's not that great because we've never sent a man to the moon. Yeah, that's going to be my conspiracy theory. They do it on purpose because they don't want the public, whether it's a professional sports team or the government, they don't want people to be able to put, connect the dots yeah. of the question no, that's to what the answer is. Right. But when the when the question is, they can answer however they want. Uh, Lee over uh, that uh, from uh, the Associated Press. Yeah, you know, we we often play audio because sometimes you can hear actually his his questions. Matt it's Lee. Not the, yeah, Matt Lee, uh, when he asks questions, it's not at the it's not at the White House, but you know, it's State Department, State Department, and and you don't you know, for him, he's been you know very good about being pretty loud in that room, so you often can hear it. But it doesn't have to be that way. We have the technology. It's very simple. You know? And I don't know why they why they can't do that. I think they're doing it on purpose. They no, don't, I think, I think they don't want think the public something. Yep. to hear the question. They don't want the, the, the question. Because then you can answer it any way you want. Right. Yeah. Nunchucks and flamethrowers. 866-90-RED-EYE. Coming up, more with Gary McNamara and Eric Harley. It's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. And you know how I know they have the technology hmm. to do a press conference, uh, whether it's the president or whether it's members of Congress or whether it's any sports teams out there, and you can hear what the you, you, we have the technology so you can hear what the reporter is actually saying. So you can you can sit there and go, "There's the question. There's the answer." Instead of "I have no idea what the question is," there's an answer. I don't know if he's lying or not because I couldn't hear the question. How I know it is tomorrow. I'm going to see Trans Siberian Orchestra. They've got 50 mics set up across prob- probably 50, right, at least 50 microphones and everything set up across the entire arena. Mm. They've got amps. They've got monitors. They've got lightning. They've got lasers. They've got fireworks. They've got Spaceship. explosions. They got a sp- they have a snow globe this year with the yeah. singers inside of a snow globe. Mm. And you can hear... Everything. They that, have nunchucks and flamethrowers. Right. That every single singer, you can hear every single singer as clear as the day. And you're telling me that a politician has a press conference and the majority of the time you cannot hear what the reporter's question is, that they can't straighten that out so the government can effectively communicate with the people. It's a conspiracy theory. You know, often when it's law enforcement <laughs> that's conspiracy. in charge of the uh, the presser, you know, and something's going on, they'll they'll repeat the question for the audience, you know. Yeah. Let me repeat the question. I- I'm waiting for Corrine Jean-Pierre to do that. Let me repeat your question, uh, Peter. You're asking, <laughs> why is the president so great at being a president? And I think it's very clear. Let me make this clear that he's the greatest president of all time. And thank you, Peter, for acknowledging it. Next question. As I've made clear many times. As I've made clear many times. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood. 
Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.